podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there, I'm Mark Dennison from BBC Radio Nottingham and Nottingham Forest, and you are listening to the rather wonderful 1865 Forest Ramble. Welcome to the 1865 Forest Ramble. We've got something a bit different for you this international break. Over to Baz. So for me, you can talk all you want about managers and tactics and the importance of defensive midfielders, and I do talk at great length about the importance of defensive midfielders, but for me, football is actually all about the fans. So when I heard this fan story, in fact, as I was watching this fan story play out on Twitter, I absolutely loved it. It was amazing. It's still probably my favourite, favourite thing in football. So I am extremely honoured to be able to introduce you to you today, Forest's transatlantic super fan, Big Wes Hull. Hi, Wes. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here, so uh, it's going to be fun. So uh, for, for those of us who've been living under a rock and don't know your story, <laughs> can you just give us a quick re- recap of how you got involved with Forest in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. So several years ago, I think eight, nine years ago almost now, which is amazing, um, I was sitting at work and I started getting all these these Twitter messages saying, congratulations, Big West, on your 400th match. <laughs> so, I, you know, after a few of them started, I, I had to respond. I was like, what is going on and what 400 match, match are you guys talking about? Uh, it turns out that they were talking, of course, about Wes Morgan. He was about to play his 400th match for Forrest. But everybody was congratulating him, but I was getting all the, the messages about it. <laughs> Uh, and so finally, I said, guys, you know, thank you for all the love you've been showing me, but you totally got your Big Wes's mixed up. And, and after explaining that I had never even watched a football game before, I had no idea what was going on. I, I did say, you know, from now on, I'd like to be an honorary Forest fan. And I think that's the point where it just kind of went nuts. So there are a, a group of guys that I'm still really good friends with uh, now that got together and sent a bunch of forest stuff over. They sent me a shirt and a hat and some other cool stuff. And that got picked up by a newspaper. I think it got picked up by the Nottingham Post. And then that got picked up by the BBC. And then after BBC called, ESPN called. And after ESPN called, uh, the club called. And eventually I got to come to Nottingham. Uh, It was a whole city match, as a matter of fact. It was my first game. Uh, they brought me onto the pitch. 22,000 or so people were at the stadium at that day at City Ground. <laughs> and at this point, it had gone from like a few people mistaking me for Big West to kids asking me for autograph outside the City Ground. <laughs> totally nuts. Totally nuts. Needless to say, I am, I call myself a tried and true Forest fan now, right? Because I have been through <laughs> quite a bit in my, in my short tenure. Uh, but I, I definitely count myself among the faithful oh that's amazing that is absolutely amazing so what is it that you you love about football now that I mean one of the things I did love is that we yeah. kind of embraced you when when you said that and then you could see all the fans going oh, okay right that's fine and then but what do you what do you love best about it? now that you've been through it you've seen all the lows I mean you've yeah. been watching Forest for the last 10 years yeah uh, that's <laughs> a lot of lows yeah yeah <laughs> so what do you love best about it yeah, so the the thing that kind of still is a bit amazing to me is the the whole club part about Nottingham Forest Football Club, right? It is 
uh, more than just a bunch of people that watch the games. There's this, there's this fellowship. There's this, this family atmosphere when you're part of this club where, you know, people kind of look out and take care of each other. And just like a family, we don't always get along, right? We don't always see eye to eye. There's a couple of those drunk uncles that, you know, <laughs> that spoil the party sometimes. It, it, but it is the most amazing thing, this, this family atmosphere that we have. You know, I have, I don't know, I guess kind of minor celebrity status, right? Because this whole thing happened. But, but still, it is... Uh, to be embraced and to be like to feel part of something is still so amazing to me and so important to me and and that's what I think is the biggest thing I feel part of something being being a forest fan oh, absolutely yes yeah. so, to me that's also really you, you feel like you belong to something yeah yeah no doubt so so obviously you're based in Atlanta in Georgia yeah. uh, and you're a fan of Atlanta United as well so how yes. does the, the culture compare between the two clubs yeah well Atlanta United is a bit of an anomaly in the MLS, right? Because the attendance here is crazy. The fan base is crazy. It's, it's really unlike any other MLS team. Um, so it's hard to compare that to other MLS teams. Um, Atlanta United is a, it's a lot of fun. So this is our third year. Um, so we're still trying to feel our way around. There's been some real highs and lows in that, in that, that time as well but um, it's great because the team has done really well except for this year but the team was doing really well so there was that part I mean we have a few supporters I'm part of a supporters club here but I tell you it's it's still my supporters club that I'm part of has that atmosphere has that kind of family friends called footy mob by the way Um, so shout out to footy mob Uh, it has that that real family atmosphere where we you know look out for each other but that's inside of our supporters group. And Forrest is so much different because that feeling extends out to the whole club, right? You're a part of, you're part of this whole club. So inside of my supporters group, we have that kind of same feel, but um, it's just still a little bit different in that, like I said, you got the, the whole club that's your family when you're a Forrest fan. So do you not have that same kind of that togetherness in other U.S. sports, like say NFL or NBA or anything? No, you've got people that are fans. You know, you like my NFL team here um, is Pittsburgh Steelers, right? You have Steelers fans that are all over, but you don't have, there's not a club type atmosphere um, amongst like Pittsburgh Steelers fans. We might all be on Twitter and when the team is doing good, you know, put a, a bunch of shout outs on, but it's not, it's still not where we interact on a personal level. And that's the thing I found so much different. That's, I think that's what has really endeared me to the club so much. To you, you, you interact on a personal level. And I think that's a lot different than, than U.S. teams. That's amazing. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. I wonder if that's something to do with the franchises and stuff like that. Yeah, it is. And I think it's just, um, it's, a, it's actually a, a product of the way the sports are designed. Because you think about it. UK, you have clubs that are, you have neighborhood clubs, right? That you, and you grow up with this, with this football as part of your DNA, right? And you have uh, guys, of course, that play American football, NFL from, you know, being a, a kid, but there's, it's still not ingrained into the community like a football club, a smaller football club in, in the UK would be. So it's, it's just a different, 
way of life, I think, where football is a part of your life there, uh, where it's not so much here. It's kind of a, it's a hobby, but it's not as much a part of your life like I see in the UK. Okay, that's interesting. So what about for the players? Like you mentioned that you, you might have been playing since you were a kid. Yeah. You go through, um, obviously, I guess you, in most sports, you go through the college system and then get to be a pro. Yeah. Um, so, but, I mean, we have, that, that it's a big thing over here, which is a lot of players, especially in the Premier League, are regarded as overpaid prima donnas. <laughs> um, yes. One of my friends used to be a youth coach at a Premier League club, and he says he never wants to have to deal with a footballer again because of the way they're brought up. So, but do you have that same spoiled prima donna sort of culture in America? Oh my gosh, absolutely! Now that that's that's any time, and because what what happens here uh, a lot of times is, and I don't want to cast a wide net, but a lot of times you have, especially elite players at your high school when they're in in grade school right if you're an elite player in grade school i've been out of grade school for a long time so i don't know if this is still the case but when i was in it was a case where that's those guys didn't have to come to class right they were given grades they were given a whole lot and so you grow up you literally grow up with that mentality so yeah i mean that's still and the other thing is you've got a and I can't be overly critical because I think about myself when I was 19 years old, if you'd handed me a couple of million pounds, you know, and, and said, and said, you basically don't have the word no in front of you. You know, I, I can't imagine what kind of guy I would have been. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I, I, I've, in a way I kind of get it because it's hard when you're 18, 19 years old to be a millionaire, to not know the word no, and then to be expected to keep your wits about you, right? Sure. I don't know how. I, I wouldn't do it. I don't think I'd do it very well now. I, I'd like to have a couple of million pounds to try, but um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how, that, how I would act. So, um, so, right, so you've been involved with Forrest now for eight or nine years. Yeah, um, yeah. I was listening to you on the Forrest Fancast podcast yeah. which yeah. is an excellent show and um, you use the word so they ask you you never use the word screamer outside of it <laughs> football and i noticed as well there was one on um again i'm fascinated by language and the difference hey, yes 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 and you used the word um describing you were talking about lewis graben on twitter and you said you're not a mentalist and that means something completely different. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, so for you, I guess you're trying, you, you can't read minds, yeah? Right, right, exactly. That's what I meant. Mentalist means you're yeah. a crazy nutter. <laughs> oh, well, then I am a mentalist. <laughs> I just can't read minds. <laughs> but, yeah, so what I was wondering is, uh, so yeah. hanging around with people like us all the time, do yeah. you start doing English things, using English phrases in your... Oh, man, yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. Yeah, part of it is intentional, to be quite honest, because it's so much fun, right? It, it's so much fun to flex my other side. Um, and part of it really has become unconscious habits now. Like this morning, I said uh, I had to go up so our office offices that we work out of are everything's closed here of course but I had to go up to a building today and I took the lift up right and beforehand it it was elevator before that right (laughs) so yeah some things just creep in because that's the way and then I have so much fun Nottingham has a 
a whole language unto itself as well, right? So I have so much, and every other day I like tweet that, oh, I just learned a new word today and I'm going to try to put this word into a sentence. So yeah, that has been a lot of fun. Not only words, but even food, stuff like Marmite and all that, that I had no clue about beforehand, <laughs> just to experience uh, stuff like that. It's so much fun. So what do your friends think when, when you start saying lift or whatever? <laughs> now, so here's the thing, like my whole life has been a series of just crazy incidents, right? So when I tell my wife, like when, when this whole thing first started, I was like, babe, look what happened. She's like, yeah, yeah, something else once again. So uh, most people, I, you know, my friends now, they, they get it. They, they understand and they just kind of put up with me. But uh, when, they, when the whole thing first started, I think a lot of people question whether this was just a fad. And I'll be honest, you know, I thought that, you know, we'd have fun for a little while when this first started. And then, you know, the whole thing would kind of fade away and my 15 minutes would be over, right? I'm on like an hour and a half of my 15 minutes now. So, uh, but, but I, my, everybody else around me now, I think they, it's just commonplace now. They just, everybody just knows that, you know, this is how it is with me. And uh, several people will come. It's funny because, you have this real rift here, especially where I live in the South in the United States, like uh, proper, proper football is just, you know, I call it proper football instead of the S word sometimes, uh, <laughs> except for Atlanta United, it really wasn't an accepted thing because NFL and that type of football was so, you know, even on the college level, so prevalent. So there was still like, uh, you know, that, S word when when because <laughs> people tell me not to say soccer but you know there was still a, like a a, a kind of snobbish non acceptance of uh, football for a while and and with Atlanta United a lot of that has come around so a lot of people to answer your question a lot of people thought maybe it was a fad maybe it was a th- but it is like part of me now and, and everybody I think just accepts it you know my my little brother he came up and. So he came up, it was, this was a couple of years ago, and I had EPL on uh, on the telly, you know, we, we were watching, and he walks through the house, and he's like, dude, you watch that for real, huh? And I was like, yeah, no, this is, this is serious. He's like, damn, I thought it was a joke. No, man, this is serious. <laughs> So, um, right, this is my last bit on, on the, the difference between American and UK English. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you watched the show Ted Lasso? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I watched the first episode and I was like, I can't deal with this. I have to switch it. <laughs> that is, so it's a bit, Lasso to me, Ted Lasso to me, that, that show is a bit like The Office. It is so much better when you have a connection to it, right? So like if you watch The Office and have never really worked in The Office, some of the nuances you just don't get, right? Yeah. And a lot of stuff with him just resonates with me so much. It's so funny. Um, I, there was a, a episode where he was, he was getting ready to commentate on a game and the regular commentator goes, we, we're here with two teams that are fighting relegation. He's like, Ted, what are, are you looking forward to? And he goes, 
Well, first thing I'm looking forward to is the definition of relegation. And I was like, yes, I get it. I totally get it. Because <laughs> when people were saying like offside and all that to me, I was like, what the hell are y'all talking about? So <laughs> I totally get like it, it resonates with me so much till it's a whole level of, of funny with me. So I should give it another go then. Yeah, you should give it another go. You definitely should. You, you have now. What drives me nuts about this show is that southern accent he tries to portray. Being a southerner, you know that just drives me crazy to hear him trying to do that because I hear him not doing it correctly. But uh, other than that, it's 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 funny enough to deal with. Hi, Stephen. You love a bit of merch, don't you? Yes, I do. What have you got in mind? Well. Flatback 4 have been in touch and they've got a great range of forest inspired clothing and they've asked us to let you, the listeners, know about it. Oh yes, I saw that they have a range of t-shirts, hoodies and jumpers as part of their Nottingham Forest range. They do! And as well as the forest inspired range, they've got match day gear like polo shirts and loungewear and they've got jackets and, and face masks and they've even got babies and kids wear. Where can I find them? Well, their website is flat-back-4, that's the number 4, so flatback4.co.uk. But you can also search for Flatback4 on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Cool, I'm going to have a look now. Wait, it gets better, because if you mention 1865 at the checkout, then not only do you get some great merch with free UK shipping, but it also supports us at the 1865 Forest Ramble. Amazing. So I go to the Flatback 4 website, mention 1865 when I check out, and I can support the podcast at no extra cost to me. That's right. So visit flat-back-4, number 4.co.uk, or look for Flatback 4 on social media. Okay, so let's get back to Forreston. Um, yeah, let's do it. Favourite player? First of all, that that's a hard question because everybody's new now. <laughs> we just <laughs> what did we sign like thirteen people or something um, like that? <laughs> so well, it's, over it's, the last ten years, then. Oh my gosh! Well, I have a so I have a kind of I have Sammy Amiobi is like I don't even know why I like him so much. I just like this. It's, you know, you look at him; he's not graceful. He's not like you know, he's not like the most dapper dude in the whole world but he's just a grinder and I just like that dude man like his his brain's too far away from his feet (laughs) that's just something about but if he gets that boot on the ball man it's that ball is gonna move so I I I like I just like watching him lumber up and down the the pitch man (laughs) over you know over my tenure you know Andy Reid is one of my I just like Reedy a lot maybe because he's a tank you know he just (laughs) just a stout guy just get the heck out of my way you know type I, I've always liked Reedy just just from the beginning you know uh, he's he's probably one of my standout uh, now like I said Amiobi I am really so there's a couple of guys now on the squad that I I'm really pulling for uh, you know grabbing I'm I don't know what's going on with my man he seems like he's going through some rough times and you know even his his demeanor looks a little off to me but I'm pulling for him big times and I'll raise the ire of everybody that's just about that's going to listen to me pull for Ryan Yates, no matter what you guys <laughs> say on Twitter. <laughs> I know he gets, he gets hell online, man, but I'm still pulling for Yates. Again, see, I like defensive midfielders, so I quite like Yates. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. I, I had a, 
I was trying to de- defend figs for a while, man, but um, it's getting harder and harder to, fi- to defend. Yeah, I think, I think he's definitely carrying a hangover from last season. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. So in the in the last um, eight or nine years or whatever it was, uh, yeah. what's your favourite Forest moment? God, that's, that's hard because there's quite a few, but I think one of the biggest ones is actually meeting Wes Morgan, right? So I got to meet him here, and it's kind of a first one because this is how it all started, but I got to meet him here in Atlanta, right? Uh, He was here playing with the Jamaican national team, and that was like, you know, they say never meet your heroes, but (laughs) it was awesome meeting him. He was like, he was generous with his time, just a cool laid-back dude. Um, Did he, I assume he knew the whole story and everything? I, I think... I don't know how familiar he was with it, quite honestly. There was a crazy way that we even got to meet because when he was here playing, uh, there was uh, uh, one of the guys that I was connected to, I think knew his wife or something like that. And, they, and so it it was like six degrees of separation to meet him, but I got to meet him. And then by that time, he was familiar with the story. I don't think he knew it from the very beginning, though. Uh, but when I got there, by the time I got there, you know, when I met him, and I've told the story before that when I met him, I went to the hotel where he was staying and I was down on the ground floor. And this is no lie. He came down the escalator to meet me. Right. And I saw him coming down the escalator and I swear to you, there was a light glowing behind him as he descended out of the heavens. Right. <laughs> it was so. Just imagine me standing at the bottom of the escalator and this angel coming down from heaven. And he's like, I'm looking up and I go, Big Wes. And he goes, Big Wes. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. So it was so much fun to meet him. That's, that's one of my favorite moments. And then getting there, I think my first trip to city ground, walking in city ground, and, you know, is not the normal thing because I got to walk in with a whole news crew, right? So not many people, that's a little different. Well, walking in the city ground, but I got to walk into an empty city ground, which was cool. And they got to kind of take it all in. That was a little, it was a little emotional for me because that was about my fourth year being a, a fan. And I wanted to get here so bad. And like all these people that were pulling for me and like hoping that I would get there. And I, when I got there, I was, I was a little emotional when I walked in. So it was, that was one of my favorite moments as well. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, as I've said already, I think you are my favorite moment. The whole. Oh God! Whole thank story. you. Thank you so much. Absolutely amazing. Um, but yes, take it the other way. So, what's your worst moment? And I will preempt you again by saying, for me, it was that game against Stoke yeah. in, the, in recent years. I mean, we've had much, much worse. But I think getting last last season, getting so close the playoffs. I mean, just knocking on the door, right? I think I I think I would rather have stayed mid-table and not got my hopes up that high than to get so close and then just go out. It, it's like the air went out of us or something at the but end. The of worst the thing of it was that you're looking at it going, right, we have to concede five goals for this to happen. Yeah, and there's no way we're going to do that. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. <laughs> There's, um, long before your time, we, we were in the playoffs against Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. And this was when the manager was this guy called Paul Hart, who used to be the academy director. Mm-hmm. So he brought through lots and lots of the kids into mm-hmm. the first team. And we played beautiful football for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But in the playoffs, we ended up, con- he played 
um, one of the one of his youngsters in the heart of defence, and mm. barely played at all. And then we ended up conceding six goals without an answer, and that <laughs> really really hurt. <laughs> but yeah. it's the same thing. It's that oh, we wouldn't concede that many. Oh, and then we go and do it, and then we actually go and do it. Yes, yes. I think, like I said, that to just I would have been okay not winning the playoffs, to be quite honest, because yeah. we will have made it to the playoffs. That that was just a bit deflating, getting that close. Yeah. Yeah. So, Wes, I'd like to thank you so much for your time today. It's been, as I say, it's been an absolute honour. Um, ah, it's been my pleasure. <laughs> before we leave, um, and this might, be, this might be out of date by the time we publish this, <laughs> but do you have any advice for Sabri Lamushi? You said it might be out of date. I get what you, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, so he, here's my thing that continues to kind of irk me about, about Sabri's reign is I don't understand or I still don't get who we are as a, as a squad, right? I don't get, there, there were times when I could say Forrest is a get after it team. Right. We are a team that's going to try to put that, put the ball down the pitch regardless. You know, our thing is to move down. And if we get 20 shots on during the game, you know, that was just our thing. Some, something's going to land eventually. Right. We're just going to keep shooting. Um, I just don't know who we are. I get hints that maybe Sabri is saying we are defensive minded. And I know that doesn't sit right with everybody because, you know, most people want to see exciting football. I get that. But even if, and I want to see exciting football too, don't get me wrong, but here's the thing, even if that's not who we are, if we are solid, like Sabri says we need to be, if we are a solid defensive-minded team, I want to, I want to understand that's who we are. And I'm just so confused about what Forrest is supposed to be right now. Maybe um, all of these new guys coming in, we'll lend some definition to the team, but I want to hear who we're supposed to be other than when, you know, he does an interview. Oh, we need to be more pragmatic. What the, what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? I want to hear him say, this is what my strategy is Wes, because you're not that smart of a guy. And I, I need to explain things simply to you. Um, Here's our, here's what our strategy is. And here's what our team's personality and here's where our team is. So I can get my head around that. My my advice to him is have a strategy that doesn't look like, you know, I'm just trying stuff and see what happens every day and then stick to that strategy. So at least, at least when, when he's judged, he's judged on the, on the merits of a strategy right now, the, the judgment on sorry, I think to be quite honest is there is no plan. We're just throwing stuff against the wall to see, see what sticks. At least that's the way I feel about it. So I think if you have a more defined personality, more defined strategy about the team, that goes better, right? Whether everybody agrees with that or not, stating your position has to play out better than this just this appearance of just trying stuff, just switching the whole team around and just, uh, you know, trying all these different formations and, and subbing grabbing it 65 minutes into the you know to the match instead of you know utilizing who is an awesome player you know that type of thing um my advice again is give me what you are what we are so i can understand that
We give big thanks to Big Wes for giving up his time. Really interesting to hear the story of how you became our transatlantic superfan. We'll be back with more match reports and monthly reviews very soon. And if you like what you hear, please do us a favour. Leave a review on your podcast provider. It helps other Forest fans find our content. And do look out for the 1865 Forest Ramble on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Podcast Network.